Okay. Okay. I'm Laura sorry. Palmer is dead. A Twin Peaks podcast. We're talking about episode four. Four. Wait. No, episode, five. Episode six. <laughs> episode six. Yeah. Cooper's seven. It's it's the podcast episode four, <laughs> <laughs> but it is episode six. Cooper's dream. One thing I wanted to correct that we have done. So this week I discovered Wikipedia. You guys finally got Wikipedia on my phone and actually read the Twin Peaks wiki page. And I realized we haven't given any love to Mark Frost at all. We're attributing everything to David Lynch. Oh. <laughs> and Mark Frost is the co-creator. He wrote this episode and the episode was directed by Leslie Link Aglotter, who later directs episodes. So it's not all just David Lynch as much as we love David Lynch. I have a friend named Mark Frost, and I thought for a second you were talking about him. <laughs> oh. Not but that I, Mark Frost. But if he's your friend. Not that Mark Frost. <laughs> but yeah, co-creator, instrumental. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. He, you know, he did reach out to me personally and say, like, where's the love? Everything's well, about I, David Lynch. He, I could see, like, he's a theater guy, too, so I could see, like, you knowing him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His dad, I believe, or relative of some sort, is... Dr. Hayward. Dr. Hayward's... Doc Hayward. Warren Frost. Hmm? Doc Hayward, the doc that we're like, why is he there? So there's Dr. Jacoby, (laughs) who's... You gotta, like, describe pretty much all the minor characters to me in terms of, like, what they do on the screen. Dr. Jacoby, the world's worst therapist. (laughs) He's really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Introduction of the Icelanders is the first thing. I love the Icelanders. Uh, They're merry. They sing well as a group. Lots of singing. Cooper hates them. He calls them insane. Um, not a fan. But Heba, Heba of Iceland, the tall Icelandic beauty, and Jerry Horn are probably my favorite couple. They're lovely. Yeah, Heba. She's a she's a fox, and mm-hmm. she dances well. She when they start she does. like when they all start voguing to mask. Um, <laughs> to Ben's, mask the pain. Who's, yeah, yeah. Leland. Leland's, Leland's pain. Right. Yes. And then, uh, what's his, what's her face? His wife, like... Catherine. No, that is not accurate at all, Tom. You know who I'm talking about. We discovered that Tom has facial blindness when it comes specifically to Benjamin Horn. (laughs) Because you had a good reason for it, though. Yeah, he looks really different from the side. Like, if you look, when they do the, um, in this episode, they do a couple of, um, shots from his left, and that's, like, his better side. He looks about, like, 38 as opposed yeah. to, you know, 55, right. and they shoot him straight on. Yeah. So, His face that's my is problem. a little crooked. It's, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Face, and he does look a little two-faced. similar to Leland, I can yes. see. From some angles, yeah. Yeah, Very I much can see so. the confusion. So we meet the Icelanders. Um, Jerry is super enthusiastic about the world of Iceland. How about uh, Jerry's, uh, I, I'm going to give him the burn of the week here. Uh-oh. Ooh. Ooh, past burn list. Yeah. <laughs> what was... A burn list. What was Jerry's? I, wait, I ben gotta, wait, ben I I... says, uh, Ben's saying, uh, you know, we're going to throw a party for the Icelanders and all of Twin Peaks' <laughs> best and brightest are going to be there. Jerry responds, are you holding it in a phone booth? <laughs> I think we're going to love that joke. We have a family friend who made that joke about a friend of ours. Like, what is your birthday party? Gonna be in a phone booth, having all your friends there, and Pat like <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed. That <laughs> like, was Jimmy who loved it. Yes. <laughs> totally a great burn. <laughs> Absolutely. But can we also talk about how Jerry 
really has an unsanitary way with food because <laughs> yes. she comes back from Paris and just whips out some sandwiches from Paris. Yep. Baguettes. And then this one, he's like, oh, and I got this lamb <laughs> leg. <laughs> yeah. I got Sex- very <laughs> sexual with his yeah. food, yes. I think he's the best actor in this show, though, for real. Like He's great. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's, and I think there's a theme with Ben and Jerry and the horns in general where... It's it's like they're gluttonous for pleasures, you know. Mm. They're it's all it's food, it's women, it's alcohol, it's burning mills, they it's are, having multiple lovers. They're bon vivants. Yes, yeah. So I, I like that. I was reading too that um, the director for this episode was saying she thought this story is really about longing and all of the characters' different longings and. For Ben, that's a longing for a leg of lamb and for Heba, the snow queen. <laughs> Jerry. Or Jerry, yes. Oh, I'm doing it now, too. So I made this that's note okay. during this episode. <laughs> I'm starting to think that, like, A, Lynch doesn't know who the killer's going to... And Frost don't know who the killer's going to be at this point. They haven't decided. Or I'm predicting my Tom's guess for this week is that it's just Leo and that all this mystery is just bullshit mm-hmm. because I'm getting the sense that this whole murder plot is just, like... A skeleton on which to hang all these yeah. super overdramatic scenes. <laughs> uh, they are clearly fans of writing, and I mean, it's great. I'm getting into it, but you just gotta appreciate it for what it is. Right. I think Absolutely, they do. Yeah. You bring up a totally valid point. I think they do care more about Twin Peaks as a character and the characters within Twin Peaks than they do about any plot line. Like, it's like, what can we do to put these two characters in a scene together? Okay, let's have a reception for the Icelanders where all of these different characters Mm. interact. Yeah. And it's not about the murder. Like, the murder, you're right, is kind of not the main focus. It's in the background. It's about the town. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, Twin Peaks on display. I could see that. I don't think it's... And I don't think TV shows were done that way like they are now where... In a way, we, we kind of expect that you know if you're doing a murder story, you know who the murderer is, at least when you start the show. But I could see that they maybe did not at this point. I feel like a lot of the best shows, actually, I mean, they usually start really good and then trail off like Lost. Like, the writers have admitted they didn't know where they were going like with yeah. any of that. They didn't finish any of the plots yeah. that they started at the beginning of the show. And that can turn out really great when the writers aren't constrained by like these frameworks that someone thought up. But yeah. it, can, it can go awry real quickly, so... Twin Peaks is threading the line on the side of good still, in my opinion, but it's close. Yeah, and and it, it always straddles the, is it can't be funny on purpose, or are they just bad? And <laughs> you see it in some of the scenes with some of the smaller characters, like Shelly and Bobby have a scene. I'm telling um, you, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. Yeah. Maybe not all the actors are doing it on purpose, but... Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it yeah. feels like it has yeah, to be. Especially with having, like, Invitation to Love every and once in a while. Yeah, yeah. That's to remind us yeah. that, like, this is tongue-in-cheek. Speaking of which, can we give a shout-out to the low-rent Kurt Russell from Invitation oh to Love? Oh my god, he was great! <laughs> was just, yeah, it was badass. Like, yeah, he was really good. I want that evil kind of play. Yeah, the evil laughter at the end of his scene. Amazing. Awesome. <laughs> I want him to play uh, Solid Snake in if they make, ever make a Metal Gear movie. <laughs> Nerd reference. So, uh, I know we're going to want to talk about some, some sexy gunplay with Shelly. As Melissa, you've pointed out, that's become her thing. But I have, to, I have to ask, because this happens on TV all the time, 
Why do characters answer the phone when they're in the middle of making out? Like, it happens all the time. And, and Shelly does it. Paris Hilton does it. I mean, this happens in the real world. Oh, weird. <laughs> when you're a, a fancy person and the world revolves around you, like all these characters in Twin Peaks, except for Big Ed, think it does for them, mm-hmm. you know, you want, you got to know who wants to talk to you. It's important. Yeah. yeah. Not Big Ed. Not, but he's, he's down to earth. He's, he's a, a simple guy. Yeah, salt of the earth type he can't, man. By the way, he can't break up with Nadine. No. He's too nice of a guy. Because she's not well. Well, and now she's, she's going to have well. the silent drape runner fortune coming in. So why <laughs> yes. would you break up with that? Yeah. Yeah. I like how Norma <laughs> in that scene says, this is how it is when you get to the end of your life. What are you, 35, Norma? Like, they're, they're I was feeling kind of bad about that. I'm like, wait, what? They're supposed to be in their late 30s, I think. Yeah. Norma and Big Ed. So. Right. And so she just, says there's nothing to show for it. She owns a she diner. Owns a do- yeah. She's the only... She's doing okay. <laughs> She's the only other business owner in Twin Peaks besides Benjamin Horn. That's true. Right. Like, and Josie with her... That's right. Sawmill. So I was telling <laughs> the gang, uh, a part of my discovery of Wiki is I discovered some sad news. I already hated Josie. Now I hate her more. Because Isabella Rossellini was supposed to play that part. Then it was supposed to be Giovanna Packard and be an Italian character, mm-hmm. probably with fewer broad stereotypes, which is unfortunate. It says something about how we don't have good characters for Asians on TV, but Josie is just terrible Asian or otherwise She's just as awful. a character and <laughs> would have been awesome to have Isabella Rossellini, but I guess she had scheduling conflicts or something. But For those of you like me who need that, person explained to you she plays you are one of the only people honey she's super famous I'm, but there are more like me out there <laughs> guys Pat, well uh, you know blue I mean? velvet is the big blue one velvet. that she's can in. i just get through Wait, my, oh, my, okay. my okay. Go, go, go. isabella Sorry. rossellini yeah. yeah yeah i know who she is okay well i didn't know don't shame tom i didn't Sorry. associate the name with the actress but she's in 30 rock as jack's first wife that's mm-hmm. all i wanted to say <laughs> like a truly sexy where josie it feels like she just tries to be sexy, but somehow isn't. Despite being, like, gorgeous, just isn't sexy. Right, because it comes off as, like, I don't know. Trying. She's very innocent and naive. It's, like, childlike Or manipulative, too. That's how I see it. Where it's, like, she's trying to get something out of, like, poor Pete. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) You get the sense she's not as dumb as she's pretending to be. And I think in this episode, we see... You know, the episode kind of ends in a scene with her and Ben scheming. They have some counter scheme going. I, I mean, right. she just seems dumb. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Like, I don't. Right. I don't know if it's how she's being portrayed or the character, but it, she just seems like a dumb, like, like there's nothing floating along person. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no motivation there. We don't right. know. What, like, Aaron Sorkin says it's all about like the character's motivation and like how they intersect. And she what just has her, nothing. To, like, we don't know what she wants. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I also yeah. don't understand, and like, why Ben is scheming with Catherine and Josie. Yes. It doesn't ben make any Josie sense to me. Josie are in cahoots. <laughs> Pat was <laughs> oh, trying to spell cahoots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's one thing. That scene was confusing. I, yeah, what happened there? I personally think it's because Ben always wants to be on the winning side, so he's going right. to put his hand on everything. That's a good see point. Which one wins, and then he's still going to get a cut of it. Yeah, yeah. he's right. a businessman to the end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Josie is maybe the backup plan. Could well, be, or they're both. 
Well, he did say, let's he's, see if she's going to sell first before right, yeah. burn the mill to the ground. Right. Just he's having a moment it. of kindness. <laughs> like, let's try to do this. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you, him and Catherine have an interesting relationship. They seem to me to be very well suited for each other, and you kind of almost think, why aren't they together? Ooh, another fun fact. Uh, Piper Laurie, who plays Catherine Martell, won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actress for this role this year. Well, which is years. absolutely <laughs> mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> she also was nominated up against fellow cast member Sherilyn Fenn, who plays Audrey. So you all know my feelings in that, that race. Who I'm betting for, so I can't old believe Hollywood, that. Old Hollywood, old Hollywood. Weren't the Martells a house in Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's Same all. universe, maybe? Ooh. <laughs> Crossover? <laughs> yeah. The uh, thing in the, the spirit in the woods turns out to be White Walkers. That's my prediction. <laughs> what? Uh, Locking okay. it in. You heard it. You heard it. I nailed it. Yeah. Nailed totally it. right. Damn. <laughs> Uh, the investigation track in the woods, led by Hawk, of course. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, that starts with them at Jock's apartment, though. Yeah. And they find uh, the red drapes in the Flesh World magazine, and then also in a picture of uh, Jock's cabin. So and that's... also in Cooper's Dream. And in Cooper's uh... Dreams, and that's why it's named that yes. this episode. Okay, we have to talk about, we paused it. At the when they show for just a split second, uh, Laura's ad in the like porno mag. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean it's it's important to the story because like we read the the text beneath it, and it almost I don't know maybe it was just just a production mistake. Like it doesn't not supposed to match up with what she would actually post. right. Because they like, well they tell us what the text is. It's like young student seeks education in the ways of love. Oh, did like say only that? generous, yeah. mature men. <laughs> That's not what it actually said underneath right, the picture no. <laughs> at all. Details. Check it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> said something about single, like the words by mail were in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And TS. I don't know what that means as an abbreviation. There's someone listening, being like, "It means this, you guys." God. Yeah. So the the connection to the red drapes to me is tenuous at best. It's like those were the drapes in my dreams. Oh, well that will stand up in any court of law. Right. Like you dreamt about them. So they And what's weird to me is they go to one cabin where they find the log lady. Uh who leads them to another, to the actual cabin. Yes. So it's like a misdirect oh, yeah. cabin. What really bothers me in the whole investigating scene is they put on gloves. They have no, they don't know if they should be touching things or not yeah. touching things. <laughs> yeah. Because then they have gloves on and then they reach for donuts and eat donuts with their gloved hands and then go back to like touching everything. And Cooper pulls down the magazine with a pair of tweezers and like holds it up like it's disgusting but then in the very next shot he's flipping through it barehanded. Yeah. Doesn't care about fingerprints then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good point. Fingerprints. I don't even think about uh, that. They also have Doc Hayward with them and... There's no reason for that. We were saying it's like when you bring Dr. Crusher to an away mission in Star Trek Next Generation. Like, just sit on this rock and wait for someone to die right. so that you can take care of them. They've been bringing, yeah, he's, Doc Hayward's coming along with him everywhere. The crime scene at Jack's, 
then to the ca- all the cabins. Right. I think it just feels like he's the doctor. <laughs> he's in, it's, yeah. He's like partially responsible for this whole town. I feel right. like is his character. He's, he's the, the, the town's dad. He is he the is. town's dad. He, he the probably town gave dad. birth to most of them. You know, he, delivered them. He, he yes, did. He says right. all the time. He's like, I gave, I delivered this person. Yeah. I don't, there must be some times where he's like not on call and someone else delivers someone. But we who would that be? We never yeah, met we another any doctor. Doctors. Other than Dr. Jacoby, the right. world's worst therapist. And do you really want him down in your lady parts? So, uh, in yet another edition of Jacoby Malpractice, he has the Briggs Therapy Hour with the Briggs family. And we know I am obsessed with the Briggs. I just think they're perfect. And he essentially dismisses Major Briggs and Mrs. Briggs so that he can traumatize Bobby <laughs> for his own oh, yeah. for his own personal gain. So he basically Jacoby starts asking Bobby a series of questions about the first time he made love to Laura, and he asks Bobby if he cried and if Laura laughed. And I think Joby well, Jacoby. You're saying it a little. It wasn't like did you. It was. More, it was like did she laugh? It was like did she laugh at you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like terrorizing him, and I think he's doing it because he's using Bobby to understand Laura and to test his theories about Laura Ooh, using Ooh. Bobby. Like because he right. said that he wants to. He couldn't crack Laura's secrets and. Or he couldn't penetrate Laura's secrets were his exact <laughs> words. Uh, so he's like, A, a little bit jealous of Bobby because he either did sleep with Laura or really wanted to. And yeah. B, he like is using Bobby to test his theories. He's just not a very good doctor. Yeah. No, and he puts his face so close to Bobby like, tell me what she did. Did she yeah. cry? Did she want to she... die? And there's that saying in show business, comedy lives in the close-up. And in that scene, like, it's all super, super close. Right. I don't think any director could not know that's going to play as funny. Like, it's just so... (laughs) Right. You know. It's very disturbing. And Bobby starts crying and he says, she wanted so much she made me sell drugs so that she could have them. And I just had to think, like, what, what does she want? What could she get? They don't have the internet. She can't be, like, shopping on Amazon all day. So, aside from the drugs, which she's already getting... She wants enough money to move out of Twin Peaks, That's probably. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she just wants to corrupt everyone. That's, That's true. true. Does Jacoby say that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or because she gets feels the evil corrupt. stuff from the last episode where oh. there's the evil in the woods. Yeah, maybe so. she's just succumbed to the evil in yeah. the woods. Yeah. You is- get that sense from Jacoby saying there was something dark inside her or something, but... Yeah, not the therapist I would want to send my child to. And unfortunately, this is a town that is really in need of therapy. <laughs> so yeah. There's a lot of shit going it's down. A, it's just a mismatch. I really. gotta ask, like, scale of 1 to 10, how relevant is the supernatural in this series? It's like 10. Oh, it's fuck. relevant. Okay. Wouldn't you say? I don't know, maybe um, that's overselling 1 to 10? Yeah. No, nah, maybe it's um, more like not, 8. yeah. That's still it's pretty, relevant. Okay, that's it's, all I want to know. It could be subtle. Because that's what I um, also think is happening with Nadine. She's going crazy by whatever's out in the woods. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my theory right now. There are full episodes where they don't have any element of supernatural or right. barely any. No, there no. hasn't really been much yet. Just like the mention, right? Right. Or am I missing something? Yeah, it's it's more subtle. Like It's more like psychological. Okay. Like, yeah. How Coop what, saw these messages in his dreams like, so oh, it's right. kind of okay. like that s- sort of supernatural and, but how Fair the enough. log lady yeah. has the log lady 
And her house is all made of wood. It's like she's showing her child this house made of the bodies of her other children. Yeah. We well, get the her... wood holds many spirits. Yeah. So. Yes. That's what. Right. And she's building houses says. out of them, the monster. We get the Log Lady origin story. Right. And she goes, it's like a Marvel comic because she's like, my husband was a logging man who log, met the man. devil. You can almost like see it as like a panel. Well, the log like... lady's husband was a log man. Everybody's in the damn south. He threw up his hand and pulled out his fist and punched him in his mouth. <laughs> so it's like, yes, who? so we don't know how the log was created, but logging is a big part of her yeah. life. Yeah. She lost her, of... lost her husband and gained a log. Side note, you guys should visit the Wisconsin Delves and do the uh, boat tour there on the river. <laughs> not the ducks. That's not, like We did one when we were there with my family. Oh, yeah. And it was really nice. And like you learn about, about the logging history. Like The Delves was originally a logging town. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's very And now cool. it's a water slide town. And then, yeah. <laughs> I'm over that stuff, but like yeah. the, the nature of it, which the actual physical Delves are quite beautiful and awesome. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yes, it's very scenic if you don't look behind you at the water park. Yeah. Oh. The Wisconsinites at the water park. Yeah, parks. water parks are bad. Real bad. Um, they find the other piece of the poker chip in this yes. episode. And they find Waldo, the bird, the minor bird. Yes. I just... um, back, back to uh, the log lady. Yes. So the, let's the... preface it yeah. by... So Hawk is leading all of them through the woods because he's the, <laughs> he's tracker. the tracker. He sees he a broken branch. Yes, he stops, <laughs> looks, the trees talk to him, the winds speak, and it leads them to the log lady's house yeah. first. While Doc is just with a big stick at the end of the pack, no one knows why he's there, he just really wanted to come. And they're all too nice to be like, dude, this isn't your scene. <laughs> right. Yes. And we yes. have to bring up the joke in this episode that gets told... Uh, a nor you ever hear of a oh, yeah. what's a nor nor what other version of word of for a Norwegian Swede, a socialist who wants to be king. <laughs> yeah, what do you get when you cross yeah, a Norwegian and a Swede? A socialist who wants to be king. This is the joke that Ben is telling the <laughs> oh that could be a better Icelanders. <laughs> At the gala reception, and then Catherine just pours champagne on his shoe as an indicator of like, oh, I, yeah. I oh. want to talk to you. And then yeah. she says, hell hath no fury. And Ben's like, what? <laughs> Even though he was just quoting Shakespeare to her an episode ago. Those two are quite the pair. He said what, but then he stopped and he yeah. figured it out. It's like, oh, you know, okay. But yeah, yes, yeah. I noted she could have been a little more subtle on trying to get his attention, like... She could have right. just bumped into him, but no, she purposely just poured champagne on right. his foot. Right, and I'm not quite sure what she's angry about at that point, besides just general bitchiness, which she seems to always sort of have. Um, but <laughs> Oh, yeah, we find her... out because she found uh, a $1,000 chip. Oh, of that's right, from you-know-where. We would put our hand over one eye so you can't see that because it's radio. So yeah. So even though she knows Ben's cheating with With her hookers. Yeah. And his wife. Yeah. She's still jealous of Ben sleeping with her hookers at one eye jacks right and where's the wife at the party like the, the wife is never around ever you won't see her yeah for you will not time. see her it's so bizarre scheduling yeah. conflict yeah it's interesting this is a great 
I, I'm terrible, but it is a great Audrey episode. You get a lot with her character. And what I really like about the Icelander reception story for Audrey, she goes into her hidey hole and watches Ben and Catherine's confrontation. And it's like we've just seen her at the department store being like this Machiavellian little maneuverer. And like she's saying oh, yeah. to yeah. Emery Battis, like... Either put me behind the perfume counter, or I'm gonna tell my dad you made a pass at me. So she's Not being just made like, a pass. she's threatening to like sit, so tell people right. that he attacked her and like yeah. her right. dress up. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's like almost as bad to do to someone as the act itself. It's right. like you're, you're threatening their entire life and respect yes. in the community. So she can be extremely like manipulative, but then she almost reacts. So she acts so worldly in that scene, and then when she sees Ben and Catherine. It does seem to me like she's very surprised that her dad is cheating on her mom, yeah, even though it should seem obvious to anyone else. She cry yeah. laughs. Yeah, she and cry then laughs. You see her crying as, as we she's s- watching Leland. As Leland yeah, cry thought, dances. Well, could be empathy. <laughs> yeah, that's how I viewed it. I was like, oh, well, okay. Okay. Audrey is actually like. That emotion was like where she's showing like she's kind of sweet and yeah. nice, and she where has she's this like, side. She feels really bad because Leland can only hear music and cry dance, right? And then everyone else is, is mocking like... his cry dancing <laughs> because the Icelandians think it's like a dance because like yeah. Heffa like picks up on it because Catherine Martell kind of saves the day. Catherine ben like just like dance yeah. with him, and she sort of turns it into a shtick. But, like, you're right, Melissa, and I think Audrey has a lot of empathy for him, and I think she feels like an outsider, too, and sees people, like, laughing at him and reacts to that. And so it all builds this vulnerable place that she's in where then she ultimately goes and gets naked in Coop's bedroom. And I just think Sherilyn Fenn plays it so well, because obviously that actress is incredibly sexy and worldly, but she comes across... Like, she's made this decision, but she's still pretty naive. Like, you know, she's sitting yeah. there and she, she's Talks not really... a big game. Yeah. When it's going to come to the action, she's, she's like, like, don't uh. make me leave. And she's not being, like, super sexy. She kind of, like, pulls up the blanket and is sort of just, like, very vulnerable. So I, I really love her arc in this episode. It's, like, the two sides of Audrey. Like, she wants to be this bold, brave, worldly woman, but she's actually... A high school student, <laughs> as Cooper finds out too. And then before we got onto this tangent, we were trying to lead up into the log lady's oh, house. Oh yes, log lady's <laughs> house. Damn it! Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so I always bring it back gone. to Audrey. Yes. Yeah, so she's they my fi- favorite. they finally are able to ask the log what the log saw that the night Laura Palmer died. Right. Which is and, totally uh, anticlimactic because now we know, but the log yeah. repeats what we know. Yeah, the log pretty much repeats what we know, but maybe one new thing is that it sees a third man pass right. and oh, yeah. follow the two men and two women. They say two men and two girls, which I think oh, is a really right. creepy way of putting it, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cooper but, knew who was at the site, more or less. Right. Yes. So... Yeah. They are, they're supposed to be younger than they are actress-wise. <laughs> right. yeah. They would actually be girls in his eyes in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Audrey. Except oh, for yeah. Audrey. I, but see, again, I thought in this episode, like, she was definitely flirting with him. But, like, I think he's, maybe he just plays it very cool. I don't think he's being very inappropriate anyway. He goes he, back and forth. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, this one, he's just kind of cranky. Yeah, he's like I just can't deal with this right, right. now. Right, yeah, yeah. like, but then he says not like, in the mood. yeah, he's she's like I can't. He asks how old she is, right? And then 
she's like, I can't believe you were ever my age. And he's like, I've got the pictures to prove it. It's like he <laughs> rotates between flirty and not in a very confusing way. Where and so does she because by her asking, I can't believe you were ever my age, that's like putting a big right wall distance them. between them. It's the first episode where he references her going to high school because he says like, Wednesdays were traditionally a school day <laughs> Yeah, when I was your age. <laughs> well, we have so. another episode to watch. Do you guys want to jump in and watch that and then come back? Yes. We have more to talk about. Uh, two more, well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we still have to okay. talk. I'm just out of notes. Two more go. things, two more yeah. things I, I have here. Yeah, and I do want to oh. talk about James and Donna. Oh, oh God, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... yeah. So let's go back to Log Lady in the log. So we saw them, and then she leads us back to the other house. Yes. Where we find basically the scene, there's blood, there's red curtains, a lot of red curtains, and music constantly on a loop. And yep. That's where we find the chip, and then that's and Waldo where, the bird. And Waldo. I just have Waldo and blood. <laughs> yeah. That's all I jotted down. And some beautiful Julie Cruz music in the background. She's the singer of the theme song, but... They do an instrumental version in the credits that you'll be seeing her in subsequent Sorry. episodes. She's got, um, uh, she's a she's a Lynch favorite uh, and an Anglo Baldelamente favorite. Yeah, actually, the one yeah. that acts in the scene where they're singing it in the bar. Yeah, uh, where there's like a band playing it. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. The oh yeah, you've lead seen singer. you've seen some scenes. Yeah, so you've there's seen. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's pilot, Yeah, so she's she just has that like haunting little girl voice, kind of yeah. like breathy, sort of eerie. Mm-hmm. And so they do say the two men that they think it's Jock and possibly Leo, but they don't know the third man. Right. Because then with Leo, we find Leo has, we find a connection between Leo and Hank, which, because I've never seen this before, again, Twin Peaks in general, so this is all new. So then, like, you see the connection between Hank because we know from the last episode, Hank's kind of creepy. We don't know how creepy because he puts on this front. And then he beats up Leo being like, you're not supposed to start your own business without me. Meaning that he was probably the big drug dealer right. too. But no one's suspecting him. Wait, who's Hank? Hank is Norma's ex. Or oh, right. The guy who came back from jail. Yeah. yeah. Which, oh, we also didn't talk about Norma and Shelly's makeover. (laughs) (laughs) Norma and Shelly get a makeover to treat themselves, because it's hard to have two men apiece. A husband and a lover. (sighs) Life is so hard. And they get these, like, great beehive kind of do's. Yeah, because you go to the salon and you're like, I want to make myself look... 20 years older than I am. <laughs> right. They're both breathtakingly gorgeous women, and they look even prettier when they don't have a lot of makeup and stuff on, and yet it's like, let's just do them up to an unrecognizable <laughs> level and put on, like, bright red lipstick and have them with these red nails. And and it was, they took that from a, a statement in the previous episode, too. <laughs> right. Which is a funny thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, we have it's to have a payoff on this. If yeah. you're watching this weekly, you probably forget that they said they were going right. to do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. just walk in and you're like, why are they looking like that? <laughs> yeah. Hank sucks. He's a horrible husband. We kind of, we see that that's sort of the theme here for these poor women. And he, like, grabs Norma's arm as she's walking by and is like, I don't expect a kiss, but... 
give me a kiss, essentially. <laughs> She's like, watch. But I will try. Yeah. Norma, I will try. Right. Something like that. Wash the dishes, and she and he's like, can I finish my coffee first? <laughs> Lame. Boss. He's nicer than that. He's like, I think he's being, well, I don't know, I, I missed that first part where he's being rough with it. Ooh, that. Hank is, yeah, Hank. Every time I take notes, something important happens. Um... <laughs> And the other thing is with Shelly, because of all of her sexy gunplay, she actually <laughs> gets to shoot her gun. Yes! Maybe oh at God, Leo? We, we don't know. I mean, right. it was at Leo, but we don't know if she hit it. All we know is that... He runs yeah, away, though. Something She's... happens. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm no expert in gunplay, but I think a good technique is to not shoot someone, and then immediately drop the gun and put your hands over your face <laughs> and start screaming. Right. Yeah. Especially when you are prepping it by rubbing the gun all over your naked body. Right. Yes. These are the things. And just carrying it around in your robe, being like, oh. it's a different gun, too, from the first... I remember there being, like, gold trim on the gun. But yeah. There's a, it's like a pearl handle. Yeah, it's like a pearl handle. It's very right. cute. It's the, you know... It's what you would have as sex, sexy gum player. Right. right. When mean, you go and you ask for... Like, you know how, like, dog owners sometimes have a dog that kind of looks like them? Like, she went in and she's like, I want a gun that's, like, my gun. <laughs> Definitely. So, we are all Icelanders. We're going to be right back at you with the next episode in a moment. <laughs> 